Hello and welcome back to episode 5 of the Getting It Done podcast. Hope you had a great Christmas, New Year and are ready for an awesome 2020. During this episode we sit down with Verity and Charlie from Ui Diner. Ui Diner is a Bristol based fast food phenomenon. Chances are you either tried Ui or you've heard about them. During this episode we talk about starting a food chain what it's taken to get to where Ui is today, and what goes on behind the scenes of running a food business and growing a brand, and what's next for Ui. Pour yourself a cup of tea and enjoy this sit-down with Verity and Charlie from Ui. So, Verity and Charlie of Ui. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. This is your first podcast. Is this your first podcast this appearance? This is my first podcast appearance. Good. Well, I hope we treat you well. Thank you. <laughs> I have a confession to make. I um, I did find out that you were um, a bit of a fan of that chocolate milkshake. Um, what's it called? That like chocomel and chocomel. Yeah. And Alicia told me, and if I wasn't running late today, I was going to pick up a couple of bottles for oh. it. <laughs> it is like my go-to. I'm actually on a uh, Christmas diet, so I'm pretty glad you didn't pick any chocolate up. What a crap time to have a diet, unless it's a Christmas <laughs> diet where you're just eating Christmas food. Well, I'm food. planning for, <laughs> to consume a lot of calories over the Christmas period. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you guys seem to have created food awesomeness, I would say. Thanks. Um, and it seems like everyone likes a bit of ooey. Everyone does like a bit of it. It's the guilty pleasure. <laughs> so where where did you kind of come up with this idea? Um, it actually started off um, as a pudding delivery business. Um, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like cookie doughs, brownies, um, ice cream sundaes, and basically we were doing it for about six months, and we kind of just knew that. Gives me well, no, we actually wanted to open <laughs> before we actually decided not to do it. We actually wanted to open, um, you know, like one of the dessert parlors. Yeah, and we looked at a few sites, and a few decisions didn't go our way in terms of actually getting the sites. So, kind of, we, we yeah, we didn't get them, and then um, and then we thought, you know what, let's let's just reevaluate our options, and then we, you know we've always loved burgers and and kind of that kind <laughs> of food, and like we you know we go out and eat a lot of that kind of food, and um, well, we did. Uh, not so much anymore, but um, but yeah. And then we thought, you know, we're not, I, I, I personally wasn't massively into puddings and desserts, and I thought, why are we kind of starting this business, kind of really trying to start a dessert parlor when it's not our passion as such? Mm. So then we, um, and then we thought, let's do let's do burgers because we because at the time it wasn't. I was really against doing burgers for some <laughs> reason. I was like, no, let's do cheese toasties and puddings. <laughs> and Charlie was like, no, 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 because let's cheese do toasties and Sundays go well no, together. We're not doing burgers. <laughs> but he, I don't know why I was, I don't know why I was so against being And even at the time, it was only like, there wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, everyone was doing it like they kind of are now. To be honest, the leader at the time was probably, and the only pinnacle people in Bristol that had a name in the burger scene were, um, oh Meat my liquor. God, no, they weren't even there. It was the one where you build your own burger. Oh, burger, burger joint. Burger joint yeah. were literally the leaders in Bristol and they were the ones that everyone was like, if you were to go out for a burger, they were like, Oh my god, man! Have you tried burger joint? We were yeah. like, <laughs> we were like, we need to open a burger joint, essentially. But we didn't want to offer a service where you create your own burger, and we wanted to go a lot dirtier than um, than burger yeah, we, joint. We, we always enjoyed, like you know, 
going to places I always like a lot of cheese on my burger yeah um, and we thought you know we wanted we wanted something like really gluttonous and really kind of um, over the top and like really good beef but um, you know basically just like a fast food burger instead of like a super gourmet one but like a fast food one but with amazing ingredients yeah and that's kind of what we wanted to yeah because it was you know like when we used to go out and order burgers before we had Charlie would be like making his order and be like okay so can I have extra onion two extra cheeses uh, (laughs) all of this like he was just literally like adding so much extras to make his burger like as dirty as it could possibly be and then when we decided to open a burger joint we were it was just absolutely no second thought in the fact that these burgers had to be calorific yeah yeah. (laughs) basically exactly how we like it yeah the burgers are exactly what we eat our food like yeah um and then anyway, we went round asking people if they had any takeaways for sale, and loads of places were like, "Nah." And we were like, oh, "I'll just what try." You, in terms of takeaways for sale. So we so, so actually like we thought okay, we'd go right. back. So we just we've actually rambled on. We decided we want to open a burger restaurant. So we were like, "Okay, so now we need to find a venue, like a restaurant to buy the lease of, not like a pop yeah. up." Because I didn't want to do a pop up. I wanted to actually have my own something I could call my own. So I went round to a few takeaways in Bristol and I was like, hey, you know, do you know of anyone that might be selling a takeaway? And um, a lot of um, people were, you know, they didn't really know anyone. So I was just like, oh, whatever. Kind of like giving up on it a bit. And then um, I decided one day randomly to go to the takeaway that's actually attached to my house. And I was like, hey, Gassim, like, do you know anyone selling a takeaway? And he was like, you can have this one. I was like, really? And then six weeks later, it was us. And I was like, I've got a takeaway and I don't know what to do. Yeah, we didn't do it the traditional way, you know, where where people like, you know, you You want to start a business, you do a full business plan, (laughs) you know, plan it all. It was literally... Right, we've got the venue. What are we gonna do? Let's let's look at making a burger and then just just the fit out was the funniest thing because it was like so like obviously we have had to learn so much along the way from where we were three years ago to where we're sat today. So like if as we've got quite a long time to speak, they'll start with the fit out. So like it was quite literally the, the takeaway that we stepped into. We were just so naive. Right, we're like oh yeah, we'll keep this, we'll keep that, we'll keep this, we'll keep that, like the counter and everything. Second day, my dad goes in there, he's like, literally, he gets his hand and it's just like scooping tiles off the floor where they're not even cemented to the floor. He's like, think you're going to need some flooring. And then like the whole counter, it was just like lifting up and the whole thing was like rotten and falling apart. He was like, think you might need to rebuild this. It was just like an Then it was literally, let's just rip everything out and start again. So So we ripped the whole thing out and like, yeah, we were, we were so naive. Like, we were there arguing. Charlie's like, look, I'm just not keen on spending any more than £13,000. <laughs> £13,000 in the world of renovating a restaurant is quite literally like the tip of, like, yeah. that's like a, such a small percentage of what you'll cost your fit out. And we were there like, God, 13 grand. What a joke. <laughs> <laughs> not spending 13 grand. Are you having a laugh? <laughs> And then, and then we start trading and we were just like um you know we just like built these wooden structures everywhere and like came to the first day of trading charlie was like googling how to make the perfect burger fair play he absolutely smashed it but bear in mind like neither of us had been professional chefs so we were like people would come in and order but we had nothing prepped so we were like prepping to order right, right. and like people were waiting like an hour for their burgers i mean that did go on for a while 
Um, <laughs> just sorry, was this at the... Um, was it Picton, Picton Street, Street? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, we had to close on the first day we were open because we were just so unprepared. Um, but yeah. yeah, so we, and then basically, we had the first week, it was a bit of a shock because we had this vision of like, <laughs> kind of it being pretty relaxed because Picture Street's like an open <laughs> kitchen. I thought, you yeah. know, you're flipping a few burgers, like <laughs> chatting to the local people, like, and just, just having a little beer on the side. You know, like pretty yeah. casual. And then it was really busy from the start, which is a good thing. Uh, but, um, it was good, but we, but obviously you, so we didn't even have a till system, right? We, we, we didn't even think to get a till system. So we had like all of these orders on like raffle tickets, just balanced out along the side. <laughs> and we didn't have a front of house, it was just me and Charlie. And we had like our little like lock box thing that you open. And anyway, it got to like two weeks of doing this and our friend James Haggart like constantly having to come and do front of house. And he's like, I'm not doing it anymore. And I was like, oh, fine. <laughs> God, you're so mean. So you're like, right, we had to go and start bringing staff in. Well, first employee, yeah. So then it was like, right, we started bringing in staff. We started like working, having ways of working and actually having processes and bringing in the equipment you needed. So as time went on over the next year, that's what we did. And to the point where we had enough staff that we could step away, what we did is because we managed to take some time out, we were just, you know, we were actually sat there like, oh, what do we do now? Let's open another restaurant. And that's when we, um, so we actually went for a restaurant on North Street that ended up, mm -hmm. um, I won't go into the details, but it ended up being a big mistake when we got our heads really in the... Because this is a mistake that a lot of people will make when they open businesses, is that they think they're in love with a restaurant, um, so when you're looking for properties, and you will put, like, every ounce of, like, thought that goes through your head into getting this, and, like, you become attached to it like it's a partner, mm. and then you'll do everything to get that property. And we had this one, and, like... From day one, it was like, it was cursed. And we were getting warnings left, right and center. And like, you know, mm. we invested a lot of time and money into getting this restaurant. And in the end, we didn't end up getting it. And it was just like so heartbreaking because we'd waited so long for it. It couldn't work out a lease. It just it? couldn't work out a lease. And it was just like, it was a bit of a dodgy situation, which we were pretty glad we managed to get out of. Um, and then by chance, this, you know, for an unfortunate situation for someone else, but a lucky chance for us, we ended up getting the one, the big one on North Street, and it would just ended up being like an absolute godsend because we were actually having to pay a really hefty amount for the other one for the lease. Yeah. But then this one came up in a very random situation <clears throat> where we didn't have to pay any money and it was like a way bigger, way better shop. So it was like, it was like, I felt like it was fate that mm. we got this shop. And um, that time opening the operation was a lot smoother than the first time in terms of everything was done properly and like you know like a few days into opening again all the equipment started breaking mm. and that was like the turning point in my head where i was like i'm never buying a second hand <laughs> piece of equipment ever again in my life but you have to work the budget you've got so like you know like day two the uh the grill set on fire and like it was just it was absolute hell um and it was just really it was really really difficult to like because uh, we'd never done it before, train a massive team of people and get the operation down to a T. We managed to do it pretty quickly, but like, again, it was like a massive learning curve where there was many mistakes that I learned that, that I was like, I'm never doing that again. What is we just kept, basically we kept putting ourselves really in the deep end and saying, right, <laughs> you know, we can do the good food, but let's just throw ourselves in the deep end. Yeah. Um, and just give it our all and, and, and try and work it out. And like in hindsight, 
what we should have done is gone and worked in a restaurant for six months before we opened it. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you wouldn't, you know, then you would have learned kind of roughly how it works and stuff. But again, I feel like we learned a lot just from, yeah, just we from did, ourselves we did in. Learn a lot. But even so, like, learn, working in a restaurant, I don't think would have given us, it wasn't even like necessarily operational. It was actually more like, you know, I didn't have experience of managing people as, as much as I would have liked going into mm. another restaurant. Um, and like hiring the right people for the right jobs. I had no experience of that. So it's like, you know, you're maybe putting people in positions that they're not senior enough for. Mm. And you know, when you run a restaurant, those people running it for you are the front line. And mm. if you're putting, if people aren't experienced enough for doing jobs and running these massive restaurants, that was another like massive learning curve. So then basically after about like that, that one did run a hell of a lot smoother than Picton Street. It just took a bit of time to pan itself out. but. After about a year, a year of being opened, like this fantastic human being called Mark Richards came into our life and he was like a little angel sent from heaven. And he was like being an area manager, was currently an area manager for this um, tapas restaurant. He'd been like managing a, um, a TGI, T I was going to say TK Maxx, TGI Friday, <laughs> he'd be really offended if I said that. And he, um, he'd been managing... Um, at TGI's for a really long time and he's just like a bit of a geezer like everyone loves him basically super experienced super experienced really did. personable like yeah, everyone yeah. loves Mark he Richards he started out being GM actually GM in, in North Street North Street and then we said and then we, you know we said give it give it six months and smash it and then you can be an area manager and, <laughs> and, then, he, and then he, he did it, it. And now he's helped us kind of grow a lot as well. So yeah, he so is he doing like a lot of the kind of day to day people. So management? he basically left North Street as the general manager, and then he became the area manager because right. we had the intention to open a third site. So he runs all three sites. Basically. So yeah. and he'll run like help run our future sites. So basically, he was managing Picton Street and North Street, and then that's around. And then obviously around that time, it really started to get a lot easier for us because we had Mark running Picton and North Street. It was really, really good on processes. At this point, everything's still not perfect. I'll move, like, it's perfect now, but I'll move on It's working, that. it's doing really well, but so, there's still yeah. things we're still Since learning. We like... were still learning. So we were, along at that point, it was still like, you know, we were all learning stuff together. And it was still really difficult because our biggest problem has been the amount of customers that want to come to our restaurant. So we've always been super busy, mm. but having to learn how to deal with that. It has always, it, you know, from an outsider looking in and, and you know, having a, a business eye on it, it has seemed like you're, whilst you're learning and growing, almost the, the difficult thing is almost trying to catch up with your own demand. Yeah. Oh mate, the demand has yeah. always been a huge problem yeah. for us. Like we are you, always Yeah, you busy. can't complain about it, but it's like, yeah, you don't, what it is is there isn't that period of like, you know, you start out, um, slowly and you build it up yeah. but it's literally always day one boom queue out the door hundreds of people <laughs> yeah. want to eat the food and it's like whoa like, you know, yeah. learning a kitchen and all this kind of stuff yeah. uh, and like now now we've got a kind of I think it would have been a very different story if from day one who we'd opened and we'd have actually had time to you know think about things and yeah. plan things out I think that Uwe Picton Street would no way near have been as stressful and as chaotic as it had been if it had just been a normal pace of customers but from day one when we had all of those people wanting to eat it didn't give us any time to breathe mm. and that's why it was such it's hard not a work complaint. it's, it's not a complaint it sounds like a moment no, yeah, it's not it's a moment it's amazing it's it was the best thing ever yeah it's of course the best thing ever but it's about finding your feet and we never had a yeah. chance to yeah. find our feet so when we finally started finding our feet was when mark became this area manager it gave us time to take a step back yeah and you know a lot of the operational stuff that was coming up the issues that was taking a lot of our time 
it gives us time to then actually focus on on growing and you know just yeah. actually sorting these systems out and stuff so, so so yeah then so then basically we had this vegan menu sorry carrying on the story had this vegan menu that was doing really well at north street and we were like i really wanted to open a vegan restaurant but like all of the same food but just like a vegan replica and then we managed to find um i'd always we'd always said like oh hot should be a really good site um, and then it, it closed down and for some reason I just didn't bother hitting up the agent and then like it was in its last week of being market on the market and we managed to secure it and we basically um, got the site and we were both just sat there anticipating like, we're like yeah I think it'll be busy but I don't think it'll be that busy it'll like, be a grower you know it'll be a grower <laughs> oh my goodness vegan Uwe absolutely smashed it out of the park like and it was like it, it, it that whole restaurant and all of its team were angels sent from heaven like from day one it ran so smoothly uh we've consistently got food out in under four minutes yeah. from the second it opened it it is busier than north street um and it's like the operation is down to a t so that, that was the one that we felt we cracked it like yeah. we, you know day yeah. one training was really good really good hiring of team like we've got amazing team no one leaves really like we've had like two levers in like a and year like, every, like you know you put out a cv for for someone to for a chef or something you get hundreds of people <laughs> yeah. applying in in other restaurants that isn't really the case and yeah like, you know this is when we feel we we had our systems down it was professional from day one and we just yeah it, it did really well yeah it was really lucky. it yeah. was so lucky like you know like you're just there counting your blessings like how on earth did this run so smoothly and again, with all of them, though, what I've always done all the way along this whole journey is um, because when you first open restaurants, if you want to do this like massive professional fit out, you are looking at a lot of money. Yeah. So what we've always done is done it as well as we can with the budget we have, but along the way, like keep upgrading things. So with like Veganui, we did it on a budget. But then like, you know, within the first month, I had all of the tiling redone when we earned some money. Mm -hmm. And then you just gradually add to it until it's to the spec that you like, which is quite a good way of doing it. So like uh, what I learned with Veganui is like, we learned a way of like fitting it out so it looks decent for opening. And then within like the first six months, we'd actually managed to like, you know, as I said, you know, close it for a day and so you can get all of your tiling done. And then like, mm -hmm. and then after a while, like you really, you know, the, the beautiful thing about that is you're earning money and paying to do this refurb as you're going along the way and it doesn't feel like it's really it's quite self-sufficient yeah. yeah and it was really really easy like touch wood we've not had any like problems where the electrics have blown no equipment's <laughs> died on us and stopped us having service like had some absolutely incredible um staff that work there and like as well at north street now like we've managed to like build this amazing team we've got um like a chef and a manager who a head chef and the manager who work there and they're just like the coolest people to work with and it's just like we've from every part of Uwe has been like a massive learning curve but through having Mark learning from experiences having experiences with staff and staff leave and staff come into your business like I really feel like we've all learned how to like manage staff manage buildings maintenance mm. um customers and i feel like what we've also done is built these amazing processes that now when i go to open an ui it is not how it used to be like it really is a simple and easy process and i look at the processes that we've mm. created and i'm like really proud of them yeah mm. it sounds like you know you've now you've got to this third successful opening um where you you know touching on um uh veganui 
and uh, it's Uwe Vegan Uwe Vegan yeah Uwe Vegan and it seems like where that's been a success it's you've hit that point in your own personal development where you're almost at that same sort of level of um, kind of experience to kind of match that success if that makes sense yeah you grow as people as your business grows so like yeah. we're going into London this year and we've got two sites opening in quarter one of the year wow, I won't say where they are but like we've got um, is it I, I don't know my east south west north so, so like east London and south London so the one in east London's really big and that's going through the legals at the moment Wow, and that one's kind of like sort of your similar size as North Street, but it's across two floors, and it's like the coolest. Um, it's the coolest restaurant. That's the yeah. We've been we actually been looking for. We wanted to open last year somewhere, and like it's been an absolute battle trying to find the the right site in London because London's like a different game, mm. I suppose, and kind of treating it as kind of starting again. And um, obviously, the rents and stuff are a lot higher. The, there's more to lose with it, and. Um, as well as more risk I suppose mm. but and there's a lot more competition and stuff so we've been trying to find the right sites we finally kind of found two that we're happy with and um, and then I think yeah hopefully we'll do four next year and kind of start four new sites yeah we want to kind of accelerate wow. it a little bit because we're only opening um, we decided we're only going to open the Uwe Vegan sites um, going forward um, okay so we're not going to do any more Uwe Diners um, is that include, inclusive of the two in London? Yeah, so they're, they're Uwe Vegan. They're so, really so North vegan. Street, we want to keep North Street as, <coughs> you know, amazing meat restaurant. Yeah. And like, we're always going to keep that. With really um, good quality meat, like the best yeah. meat you can But buy. everything's really good quality. And like, you know, it's going to be really good. Uh, we're going to make it even better and better and like have loads of new specials and kind of yeah. stuff like that. Keep like, still going to, that's not going to kind of Go be on the back try. burner yeah. as such. It's still going to be the forefront of kind of all this amazing food. But then I, I think the opportunity now is, is what's the what's the thought process behind only opening because the, i we just say it as you know there's a million burger restaurants now i feel like that kind of super hyped burger boom is 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 on the decline a little bit yeah um people are getting a little bit bored of going out for these burgers for their meals you know if you go out so like before everyone used to go out for a different burger joint every saturday night no one's really doing that as much anymore mm -hmm. but like, obviously it's still they're still popular burgers are always going to be popular but the, the opportunity, like we enjoy making vegan food um, and like, it's a bit more of a challenge, like creating like vegan, I don't know, if you made like a vegan cheese sauce or something is, you know, it's a lot harder to make it taste amazing than, mm. than, a, than, a, than, a, than a meat one or a, a, a dairy yeah. one, sorry. It's not just and, um, that either though, it's at the end of the day, if, if you like, we're quite ambitious and we want to have a successful chain of restaurants, like, I, I, I have my goal set at loads when, you know, as I grow, like I'm an ambitious person. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't feel um, happy um, being successful and, you know, making my money from a brand that is responsible for the death of, you know, you would quite literally be killing thousands of animals mm -hmm. when you can grow an equally as successful brand, if not more successful, without harming any animals. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, there's a big difference between going and buying a steak from the butchers, but then serving quite literally tens of thousands of burgers a week absolutely and i just think it's it, it's not morally right for me to choose to grow a brand like that when i've got a really successful vegan brand and again the carbon footprints mm. you know what's a really interesting take on it yeah yeah because it isn't right and also in five years time i don't think that, that we are going to be our meat consumption is going to be anywhere like 
I mean, no. some people don't believe it, but I am truly a believer that veganism is going to be it is going to be huge in five years' time. Well, right, it's already at least now. Ve- at least right. vegetarian, you know. Yeah, it's, hu- it's huge now already, and it's like it's just growing and growing yeah. and growing. So it's like surely you want to you want to be the the, 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 yeah. the key players in that market as opposed to trying to just replicate what someone else has done. Here's a no. question for you in the topic of like yeah. you know relating to like sourcing food and you saying yeah. you know, when I go down that kind of meat route, which I, yeah. I, I'm totally all for. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about um, manufactured meat substitutes yeah. um, in terms of these companies that are actually growing meat from cells of animals and stuff. Yeah. Do you see that as something that could take off? What, the, um, the lab-grown? Yeah. I've looked into it quite a bit and it's, um, I think it will, I think, I think, because there's going to be two types of people. There are people that, you know, they want to eat meat they don't really want to. They don't really care about the the kind of animal side of it no, as much. Or, it's natural. It's how yeah, we've yeah, always yeah. done things. Evolution. Mm. But it will get to a stage, I think, where the taxes on these red meats and animal products and stuff are going to go are going to go higher and higher and higher as as we go more into the um, meat free. Yeah. So it's, it it it's going to get a lot more expensive. So if mm. there'll then be an alternative, which because obviously those lab growns at the moment are super expensive. Yeah. Um, I think we're really, really early on, and I think I read somewhere it costs like eighteen grand a burger or something, something ridiculous. But um, but eventually they will come down in price, and you know I think the way it will go is a lot of this cheap mass farmed meat, which is super cheap. You know you go to uh, Iceland or somewhere like that, yeah. and you get these chicken nuggets that are super cheap. But actually they'll probably just replace that with these lab grown meats or something that you can't tell the difference. Yeah. And, and that'll be the way, do you know what I mean? That'll be the but way like, it changes. So, that is so far off because of how much it's costing them. Oh, absolutely. To it but it's moment. like, it's like anything though, isn't it? Once you've got the, once you can produce it on a mass scale yeah. and drop those costs down. Um, when you look at like Amazon, for example, yeah. who own like Whole Foods. Yeah. And yeah. if they were to then buy into the, the meat production market, yeah. they've essentially got control of the whole life cycle. Mm. Uh, it's uh what's happening at the moment as well you know like beyond meat and impossible and yeah stuff like that, they know that they're the kind of the two market leaders and there's not there is competition but not as much so they're just holding the price because like, the beyond meat patties are super expensive like they're like you know as a restaurant we'll pay like two pound ten per patty cost price to us and we're buying thousands of them and like you mm. know they're 250 in tesco's and that's a lot of money for just the the, the base product and um and you know, like double yeah. the price of our meat, no, triple the price of a meat burger. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. wow. But the meat burgers are a lot smaller because we obviously we do double, double patty, yeah, but if you yeah. per patty, I don't know, I don't know how much they actually weigh the beyond ones, but yeah, they're, they're super expensive. But because they know that they're they're the market leaders of it, so they can charge that price. Yeah. But I think you know, as, as more and more people are doing it, and a lot of people get better and better, yeah, it will just start the price will start going down, yeah, um, heavily, and that's when it'll be. So it's, yeah, I think it's was it becomes more if it was to become more accessible, then maybe it would. Um, then yeah, essentially yeah. it would. Because yeah, all, all all the the kind of replica vegan products are super expensive, but you know, like a vegan diet, you wouldn't say it is expensive because mm. obviously vegetables no. aren't. Yeah. But yeah. the actual like the fake cheeses, the fake meats, they're all super expensive. Yeah. So when you um you said about opening these other the other locations then. Um, and you bring it on, you know, a great team around you, which seems to have been, you know, a key ingredient in the success yeah. um, of your business. What are your, what do your day to day roles look like now then? So at the moment, it's like obviously we've got the one opening. We've got two sites that are like a hundred percent happening in London, so there's lots to be planning for them. 
and before so it's quite operationally yeah so, operational yeah. and before that so up until like you know these sites have only started the legal process recently before that it was quite literally looking for sites but also um writing handbooks like yeah. manager handbooks staff handbooks uh, sharpening up on processes and it was actually kind of a godsend that it took mm. us so long to find a, a property because we I feel like we've actually developed some really seriously good material and able to run our businesses now so that's what it usually is and then I suppose what will happen now is we'll be busy plan like planning a restaurant is bloody hard mm. so we'll probably be doing that until these ones open you'll be at those restaurants for a little while and then as soon as that's over you're back looking on the market the thing again. is as well you're just essentially just keeping an eye on everything like like i said mark he he does the day-to-day -day operation and he'll deal with all the problems and keep he knows what he needs to keep on top of for each manager but then we just keep an eye on everything as a whole you know you're constantly mm. reading reviews looking at feedback and just like looking at sales profit all this kind of stuff and just and just kind of thinking how can I improve this the whole time mm. is, is the main it's quite like we run our businesses very um vi I don't know if the word is vigilant but as in like we have like these weekly um P&Ls and we know absolutely everything that we have spent in every aspect of every single business on a weekly basis so we're like always monitoring figures to check that um mm. you know we've not overspent in certain areas etc yeah. etc et so we're just basically just like looking over at everything no. so in terms of I'm, I'm just reflecting back on when you opened up Picton Street and how that was essentially unorganized yeah. chaos um, and now you're opening in, in London have, have you had any time to kind of sit back and think bloody hell or like you know when it was you know you were opening up that small site the couple the, the two of you and now you've essentially got this whole team yeah, as well yeah. that's wor working for the business how does that feel now i don't Amazing. i don't actually ever give myself like oh like oh wow look at what you've achieved because i'm always chasing the next thing yeah so i never really have that blessing and a curse moments say like you know like last year at the christmas party i think what do we have about 45 staff and and then you kind of look and there's a whole party of people that you employ yeah. and you know that those are moments when you see everyone together everyone's having a great time and stuff and you're like wow we've actually created like a kind of community and stuff also, and like, like winning the i think my oh whoa moment was definitely when we won restaurant of the year with deliveroo that was when i was like oh my god like yeah i know <laughs> that was like my like oh my god moment that was like when i first remember <laughs> like giving myself a pat on the back but like quite literally usually like you know, I'm always thinking of the next thing I can do. And I always say to myself, I'll give myself that big pat on the back when I have, when I reach 10 restaurants. Okay. Because that's always like my first goal is to get to 10. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be like, oh yes, you did your 10 restaurants. Because it's like, the thing is, if you, if you're always kind of like giving yourself uh, recognition and blowing your own trumpet, oh, you yeah, never yeah. strive for success. No. So I'm always really bloody hard on myself. <laughs> no, it's good. Like sometimes I'd be like, Charlie, we're just not doing good enough. And he's just like, whoa, like yeah. we are. like. So are you still quite involved in the kind of creation process of like um, we food ideas? We are the ideas? people that create the menus. Oh, really? Apart from specials, we let the... Managers create the specials, but every single menu on every single every single item on every single menu has been created by me and Charlie. So what's that process look like then? Are you kind of off on your own together in a kitchen, figuring stuff out before you think about it from a larger customer base? It's just food that we like. I think it just happens like naturally. We'll be like, I don't know, we'll be just talking about stuff. But like we, 
naturally we talk about Uri a lot and um, and it's kind of yeah we talk about it a lot and you know we'll be like oh what's you know imagine if we did this burger or like you know we'll just brainstorm ideas together you'll maybe see something on Instagram you'll get inspiration from it and say god we should you know we should do that in a burger yeah. or we should do that um, and that's kind of how, how it kind of usually happens and we'll just whip it up at home and then say right let's um, let's go there it's all to be honest in terms of like what goes on a menu that's I've all, we've always found that really quite simple because you just know what people will like. So, for example, like we loved chicken Kiev. So I was like, so what you want to do is put a chicken Kiev on a fries because that is going to be like the greatest thing that anyone's ever tasted. When I texted you yeah, the other day, and then throwing some cheese it. on top. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Just, just that's literally when I texted you the other day. So I was having it. That was what I was having. Yeah, you want to <laughs> always, you know it's just about thinking of like really simple food that the nation loves and just putting it on a pile of chips or like you know I didn't like Marmite fries I was like oh, I love Marmite let's mix it with butter and toss it in fries it's just you know? stuff we love basically. just really ridiculous yeah. really ridiculous things you know like just stuff if you were super hungry you're like yeah. what would I like to eat right now <laughs> what would be the most epic thing I could, I could think of um, of doing and then you're like right you touched on um, winning the award. Um, is it best? What was the award? We won um, restaurant of the year. So there's like twenty thousand yeah. restaurants on the platform, and we won like the best one on the platform. Wow. So we had like the owner of delivery, Will Shu, came down and he like judged our food, and we like did this little video where I cooked with him for the day, which was like super. I saw cool. that video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just like you know, he is an idol. At the end of the day, like this guy got on his bike one day, started a delivery service, and now he has quite literally absolutely thousands of staff and runs yeah. like you know a multi-billion pound company and you know that to me is like truly inspiring yeah. and he was so he was such a nice humble guy and it was just like it was so amazing uh working with him and being there with him and him even like knowing who we are because at the end of the day like he's got thousands and thousands of restaurants that yeah. he's uh, worked for his business and um and when he recognised us as being the best restaurant on the platform, it was just like, wow. Yeah, it's amazing. And we also won like the best vegan offering and obviously restaurant of the year. That's incredible. And then four days later, we won Bristol's best vegan restaurant as well. So it was like three, three awards in like under 10 days. And I was just like, That's wow. got to feel good. And you've got to give yourself a pat yeah, on the back I for that. Yeah, I did give myself a pat on the back for that. And then I drank for seven days and it was just like, <laughs> fun's over now. I've just got a hangover. I've got loads of work to do. Do you, do you think some of your, uh, some of Uri's um, successes come from, um, you know, in modern days where we're able to um, use services like Deliveroo to, to oh, get food? Oh, absolutely. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind like and I mean no doubt in my mind that Deliveroo is a massive part to play in the success of Bowie and that's for so many reasons because what Deliveroo did is it started us up as a small neighborhood restaurant and it enabled us to reach customers 2.5 kilometers away yeah. customers who would never come down to Uwe, no. probably wouldn't be able to find Uwe and they would taste our burgers on Deliveroo and I mean like thousands of customers and then they thought that was delicious I'll go and try the real thing and from day one, we always, you know, like we have always integrated Deliveroo into our business as if it is. So our staff know that if you were to close Deliveroo, you're shutting the doors of our restaurant because a lot of our business is through Deliveroo. Mm -hmm. So we've always made Deliveroo such a massive part of our business that everyone sees Deliveroo 
as you know you keep delivery one if you change the wait time when you don't need to you, you're essentially closing the restaurant and we've always had an amazing relationship with them we've always worked really well with them we've taken on everything on board all of the stats all mm -hmm. of the feedback and we've just had this amazing partnership and we've and it's enabled us to meet to to reach customers you know so far away that would have never heard of ui yeah and i think a lot of people are scared of delivery you know because of the fees or whatnot and the the, the fact yeah but when you look at the, f the fees as well like do you want to employ a you know driver yourself yeah do you want to employ the no way. You know, it, and a restaurant like yours you're looking at multiple drivers for multiple sites yeah and i mean right. mate i reckon the restaurant industry since delivery came along i reckon about probably 60% less people now go out for dinner because they order Deliveroo. Mm. So it's kind of like you either work with it and get on board and accept the fact that the future is a delivery services. It is Uber Eats, it is Deliveroo. And you benefit from it and you work with them or you you refuse to use it. And unfortunately, you know, you kind of will fall behind because yeah. at the end of the day, if you want to make money and survive in this absolutely brutal restaurant world where there's hundreds of competitors around you, then you have to put yourself out there on all of these platforms so that you are accessible for everyone and not just a niche market of people who once a week go out for dinner. Yeah, I think you're right there. That, that accessibility thing is the, is yeah, the key Yeah, it's the key. Especially in today's culture where it's like, you know, you you have to wait for a lift more than five seconds and you start getting impatient. So how many people, this is to put it in perspective, now when you want to order a taxi, how many people call a taxi firm? No one. No one. Who uses Uber? Everyone. It's the same when you're hungry. You're not going to be like, oh, it's five minus five outside. Let's put our coats on and go down to a restaurant. It's like, yeah. let's just order on Deliveroo. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone uses Deliveroo now. And, and, and that's the thing. It's like, as a restaurant, we were on board from day one. We worked really well with them and it's paid off and we have an amazing relationship with them. And like everywhere we go now, like our restaurants are fit for delivery purpose. Brilliant. And in return, you know, like we have this, as I said, we have an amazing relationship with them. And actually I, I really couldn't speak higher of mm. my experience with them. Is it is it true that there's these, um, I heard something the other day about something called like, is it black kitchens or dark kitchens we had a um it's dark kitchens is such an unfair name for it but basically it's like these cargoes it's a site where people cook out yeah, of to yeah, distribute yeah. yeah um we we had one in canary wolf we had one for a year um and that's why we moved to london and um, we had a year's contract and it was good um but we were like quite in the middle of nowhere and it was really hard to get people to want right. to work there because our kitchens were in the middle of nowhere and we really struggled to find staff so after the year when it came to renewing it we were just like let's find a real bricks and mortar rather than do another yeah, delivery yeah, additions but, but you tested the water and kind of ours was successful though wasn't it charles yeah it did really well yeah that's good where did the um where did the name come from yeah, that one. um the name came from it's just like you took a bite and you just went, Ooh, yeah, it's kind of like, ooh, it's like when something's really nice and then, and then Snoop Dogg did this thing, didn't he? Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of reference to Snoop Dogg as well a bit because he's always like, ooh, wee. So it's kind of a combination that we we're kind of just messing around one night and then we were like, we should call it, um, it was, yeah, ooh, wee pudding. Because he was like, ooh, wee, put it in the air and then it was like, ooh, wee, pudding in the so air. So we were like, ooh, wee, pudding in the air and then, and then we kind of came from that. And then it was like, let's call it ooh, wee. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's quite a cool name though because 
No one knows how to say it. Everyone calls it owie, even me now, so it's just funny. Really? <laughs> owie, mate, the amount of people who you ring up. You get people up. ringing up, isn't it? Is it, it owie, owie or ooey? Like, yeah. So, um, I, I, I just... It's talking point, isn't it? Yeah, so it's like, you know when people do, like... You know if I called it like Verity's Diner or Charlie's Diner, yeah. it's just such a boring name. Oh my God, I was sat in um, something called, I think it was like Debbie's Diner or something. It was, <laughs> it was essentially in the back of like equivalent of like a Poundland or something, <laughs> but just bolted onto the shop. And I sat there for three hours and yeah. I was just like, Debbie's Diner. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's quite a good one. <laughs> if the same letter is the same letter as the second word, it kind of works. When you read something, if it looks it's aesthetically pleasing, so the thing with ooey, because it's like O-O-W-E-E. -E. E -E, symmetrical. It just, I love yeah. looking at the way it's written. You know, it just works. Who was behind the idea of um, distributing out a ton of free burgers? Deliveroo actually. Really? Give them credit for that. Did you uh, get much flack from that? Because that caused a bit of a riot. Well, it was quite it? funny actually because Deliveroo were like, oh, you know, we've done these before and they weren't actually that popular. So I reckon 100 burgers will be enough. And I was like, I can tell you now, we are going to need more than 100. They're like, all right, 200. I was like, guys, we're going to have to ramp it up to like 600. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be loads of people. I can't remember how many did, but we like quite literally tripled the figure and we still had people. Like we only had thing. one. We had one person in terms of the complaining. We had one person being like, "God, you know how irresponsible that was," and then everyone else was like, "That's hilarious." <laughs> so I, I, yeah, it was how irresponsible of you to give out free food. I yeah. know. I mean, the police were like handing them out, but they went so quickly. To be honest, it's like people can say it's irresponsible, but we could have never foreseen that that we would have ended up causing a riot on College Green. It's like. <laughs> Did you want me to get security guards for a burger handout? Because that sounds pretty ridiculous. Like no one really knew how busy it was going to be, and I just I was like undercover, like walking around, like no one figure out who I am. <laughs> I was watching people so disappointed. Like I'm sorry. Yeah, it was mental. How many? Like you couldn't have predicted that though. It like, was, it was mental. I know. I, 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 Did you go there? Like no, I, I work about three minute walk from there and heard about it. But I was like on the grill cooking, so I was like right, I'll just get on the grill and do it. And then I just kept getting calls from Verity, but like, you've got to hurry up. Mate, like, they were late you, and you I was You've got to like, hurry up. She's like, oh my up. God, there's more people. How did you do people. it logistically? Did you cook like all... I did like a hundred and then, so a hundred would probably take 20 minutes or something. So we're like filling, we'd like fill the, do all the rolls and like, yeah. fill the grill with burgers. Anyway, I did like a hundred and put them in delivery bags and then got, got them to take them down. Did another hundred, got them to take them down, then another hundred, then I took the last hundred down. Um, and then, wow. and then, yeah, but they, they didn't even touch the sides. Like, Probably could have done over a thousand. It was Leah. Like as soon as they got the book, the delivery people were just literally getting everyone just like hammering them for the burgers. It was. Mm. I felt sorry for the delivery people, not the hungry customers, because they were like getting pushed to the floor. I know. I was watching videos. It like wild animals. <laughs> it was wild animals. Mm. It's quite funny. Like there was a couple of people like, can't believe you didn't do enough burgers for everyone. I was like, bro. Are what, you for serious? all of Bristol? Yeah, yeah. and he's yeah. getting really angry and I ended up getting really angry back at him. And I was like, oh, that was really unprofessional. Yeah. But I was like, but what did you want? Yeah. <laughs> People always want more. Yeah. So um, you're expanding then, so four more next year. Um, two definitely two happening. Two definitely. Ambitious. Yeah. Are you thinking, is, are the other two going to be local, further away again? I think London, I think you want to do maybe like well, depending on the demand for it, yeah. you want to you want to do maybe like four or so, maybe five in London, and just really get your name there. If you, yeah. if you can do it in London and get a lot of hype in London, 
then you'll you know you'll be you'll be Loving successful it. everywhere else. It's like there's other companies um, who are starting to do it, like Lewis Hamilton's put his name to one, um, and they're wanting to roll out like twelve in the next two years and stuff like that. So the competition. I think he's vegan, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I think next year we're going to see a lot more of these dirty vegan burger joints. Mm. So I, th- I think we've got to move strike while the iron's hot. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like you got to just go for it. Um, I mean, like like we said before, like we kind of worked out how to do it now. Um, yeah. And it's just about, yeah. I think I think choosing good sites and and going with yeah, it. Eventually, I'd love to be able to go to any city in the UK or whatever, and then be like, oh, I was new here, I was new here. Do you know what I mean? It'd be, it'd be quite a cool. Well, it all start it all starts somewhere, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it is fun though. It's a never-ending journey of stress and fun. More fun than stress. Way more fun than Way stress. Way more fun. It's amazing when you get like when you're when you're like we were saying earlier when you're looking for sites and then because uh, it can be quite disheartening like. We went for loads. We probably had about seven or eight offers in on sites that we just ended up not getting chosen, and like we put yeah. in like really strong. Like everyone kind of puts the same offers in, and then we just always not get chosen. It'd be like, oh, why does no one want this? Like, yeah. and then you know you you have sites that you fall in love with, and you're like, I have to have this site, and you don't get it. And it's annoying, but I think as as you put like the when you actually get the one, you know, like I really really wanted it and like battled for it basically. Um, and then when you actually get it, it's, you're just like, you're so happy. You're like, you know, that's, that's what I quite enjoy. Like the yeah. challenge of yeah. getting the wicked sites and then like, and then, and then doing the fit outs <laughs> and making it look really cool. Like yeah. that, that's kind of the, the, the enjoyment I get from it. Mostly, mostly. Yeah. I like opening shops basically. That's the fun part of Ui. It's fun because it puts you on your toes. It like, you know, it's, it's, it's nerve wracking every yeah, it single time. Like, it does sound like you, you are always, certainly from the beginning. And I'm sure as you, you know, you get more into the rhythm of things, less so but it seems like everything you're doing is designed to push you out of your comfort zone for sure yeah yeah, yeah. like it's because if one goes wrong like you can you can probably lose everything do you know what i mean like if mm. you, especially yeah. the bigger ones but it it, it pushes you to to want to to want to learn to do it better and, and to want to you know to do a proper job because um, it'd be easy just to coast and not really you know it could be easy to coast now and, and not yeah. push it but um but yeah we love it really yeah we do love it we love talking about it all day, every day. Now, obviously, we're a couple as well. Um, How does that dynamic work? Um, well, it's quite good. We, 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 we like each other twenty five percent of the time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually fine. It's nice, and I think the reason we progressed is because most business partners might meet up like every other day and speak yeah. for a few hours, whereas we're speaking to each other twenty four seven. So, quite literally, our whole life is consumed with Uwe. I mean, sometimes it is just like. Can we stop talking about it? Stop now, yeah, we have to put yeah. limits on it. We have to put it. limits, because otherwise you just talk about it all the time. Like myself and um, my fiance are the same. We uh, we both work in the same industry in terms yeah. of the software world, yeah. both in HR. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the amount you can, you know, be talking about the industries in which you work in, mm-hmm. and it gets to the point where we're just like, so how are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? I also find myself... Um, you know, like the problem is, is that I find is like I'll get annoyed about something and I can't let it go, and then I'll just tell Charlie over and over and over, and he's just like, "Will you shut up?" And yeah, I'm just like, yeah. "Bro, my head's in overdrive." Yeah. Or I'll be really excited yeah. about something again. I won't shut up, and then it takes the fun out of it because I haven't stopped talking about it for days. But no, we love it. That's to be honest. It's what we talk about all the time. It's because it's our passion at the moment, and you know. Well, that's it. If it's if you're turning work into a passion, then talking about it all the time and growing that passion, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. But it has to be to to grow to to, like you can't you can't. You've got to give a shit about something. Yeah, yeah. To like make it, to grow yeah. and build one of you know one of the biggest businesses in your industry or whatever. If you want to do that, 
you've got to be absolutely passionate about it. You've got to mm. absolutely mm. love it because, you know. That, and also a big thing with Ui is that we are quite proud of as well. So we have never borrowed any money, had any loans, had any overdrafts. Like Ui is 100% self-funded wow. from me and Charlie with no money from anybody else. We've not got any investors. Every single shop that we've opened has been opened through re, um, reinvesting money from other stores. So we've never, like, we literally, as I said, we don't have an overdraft. So we've, like, every time we open a store, we've saved that money from another store. So what the amazing thing about Ui and the reason that Ui has got this amazing food at the price you buy it and the portions that you're getting is because we've not got someone sat on our shoulder telling us, you need to cut back there, yeah, you need to do this. Yeah. Like, we do whatever we want which is why Ui is just a reflection of me That's and why appetite. we love it as well, because... <laughs> it's just like, like, Ui is like, I always say, yeah. don't give the customer anything that you like wouldn't be happy size mm. with yourself. Like, we are you very should, You should size. have that on the menu. You should have small, medium and verity. Exactly. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, I've never gone anywhere and got given as much food as you get given at Ui. Fair, we always draw that into ourselves. We're always like, look, if all else fails, just always look at it and think, would I be happy with that? And yeah. then like... And if you wouldn't be happy with that, well, don't, don't, don't say And that's it, what I mean, is like, if there was other investors involved in Ui having control of what happened to Ui, I reckon they'd probably sap those sides portrait. Yeah. We're like, are you mad? No, <laughs> like, it, they are. It is, yeah. it is uh, very gluttonous, but it is, uh, yeah, easily some of the best food in Bristol. I've, Thank uh, you. So um, before we start wrapping things up, um, you know, normally throw in a bit of a, um, a, a would you rather, um, you already, beat me to the would you rather uh, I was going to ask, which was, would you rather only move forward with Ui Diner or uh, Ui Vegan, Ui vegan um, which we've, although you're keeping the one open, you know, and you're growing, well, aiming to grow Ui Vegan, um, you know, it, it's, I think that's that one answered. So off the fly then, so if you were to think, um, you know, progressing with Ui, um, would you rather only be able to produce just the burgers themselves? Or would it be the kind of, what I would consider a plate full of loaded fries? What, what, what are you gonna move forward with if you only had oh, to move so forward with one? When we first started, to be honest, we, the idea was it was a dirty fry kind of shack, like restaurant, yeah. and then we, the burgers kind of came with it and we just, we got really excited about them too. But so I'd have to say, be a dirty fry, um, a dirty fry restaurant, I'd say. What are you? What do you reckon? I'll just say whatever he says. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you were doing this stage of the 25%, were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the boss. <laughs> he does always get his own way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would probably say the dirty fries anyway. It was. Well. When we first started, we were like, we're, we're going to do it on dirty fries. Do you remember? Yeah. They're, they're a bit yeah. different. Like, um, there's so, you know, well, I suppose with burgers. Also, so I think do, it, it's a lot less. It would if, if you only had to choose one burgers or fries, the, the fries were a lot, would be a lot easier to make in, in a quicker time. You yeah. could dish them out a lot quicker than you were burgers. Your fries are really good as well. Yeah. And everyone loves fries. And they're, they're healthy as well. Yeah. I mean, fries are good for you, aren't they? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. apparently, so that, according to that person. <laughs> vegetables. Yeah, I'm going to take that away. Um, well, Look, thanks for coming on and, and sharing kind of a bit about the journey behind Ui. It's um it's been really interesting actually. I didn't realise um so many how how many kind of ups and downs there were along the way. Um, but it certainly looks it's like you're eyes uh, now though. Yeah, <laughs> well. it's literally so it's going so well. Cross like touch wood, it stays doing this well. Well, um, 
good luck for opening in London. Hope that all goes well. Thanks. And um, we'll have to get you back. Um, get maybe... us back at number 10. Yeah, so, all right. I'll hold you to that. Sounds good. Anytime. When you've all got right. billions of subscribers. Yeah, yeah. And you've got billions of rest <laughs> <Yeah>. of <it. laughs> Oh, cool. All right. Well, um, thanks, thanks very much. Cheers.